Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About this? this? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Be Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. If you subscribe to our website, you'll receive a free printable PDF file with over 30 motherhood affirmations. I wrote these affirmations at a time when I needed them and realized they could actually help others. You can use them as a bookmark, put them on your mirror, bedside table, fridge, or even the back of your toilet door, wherever you want, to help remind you of your strength, give yourself compassion, recognize perfectionism, rage, guilt, overwhelm, and enhance self-belief, self-love, and self-acceptance. You can give them to your family and friends. It would actually be the perfect gift for a new mom. Words have power, and I hope you'll be kind to yourself in this hard but worthwhile time. Head to thepowerofbirth.net to subscribe and download your free motherhood affirmations today. Today, I chat with Kate Smith, a mom of three boys, about her experiences in motherhood, her journey of growth and healing after some difficulties in postpartum, and her emergency cesarean birth story. Kate is a breath of fresh air and is passionate about supporting each other in motherhood, being open and honest about our struggles, and pushing through the harder days so that we can be there to embrace motherhood in all its stages. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately? Yeah. Well, I'm Kate. I am married to my husband, Josh. Um, We've been married for 11 years this year. Wow. We have three little boys. We've got Max, who's six, Sam is four, and Joey is two. And oh, we just got back from a massive trip up to the Daintree Rainforest, which was like 40-something hours of driving something ridiculous (gasps) no 50 something hours of driving yes i saw that you drove (laughs) yeah Yeah, you still have your sanity intact (laughs) well (laughs) the way home we were definitely going a little bit insane um but it was honestly worthwhile Mm. definitely yeah yeah your trip looked amazing it was a really good experience the kids had a really good time and they surprised us at how well they just went with everything with the travel and the change and everything. Yeah. So why did you create your mum friend on Instagram? What, what's the story behind that? Yeah. Um, the main reason is I wanted to be an encouragement. I have been blessed with a really good community around me. I'm really close with my mum who lives really close. Um, Josh's family live really close. Also, we go to a church. We have lots of really good friends who are in a similar phase of life to us with young kids. And so we just have really good support. And I know that when I catch up with my mum friends, we talk about what our kids have been doing lately and what's really sucky at the moment, what we've been trying. And I know that a lot of people don't have that. We're just super lucky that we have that village around us, but I know a lot of people lack that village. And so I guess I just wanted to be an encouragement and a positive face on social media. There's a lot of negativity out there and it can be lonely for you know, new mums out there just scrolling socials all day, looking at other people's lives. And yeah, just want to be an uplifting face and an encouragement, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like you've definitely succeeded. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, sometimes I'm on the scroll and you definitely light up my day with your your funny reels. That's what I love the most. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. What am I doing? But. Uh, like, yeah, I've never good. done a reel for that reason. Yeah. It's fun to make a fool of yourself every now and then. No, you're right. You're definitely right. And we all get a kick out of it. Yeah. So it's bonus. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Did you always know you wanted to be a mum? No, no. We tossed it up for a while. Like, will we have kids when we have kids? Maybe we'll just have one. We actually quite like the idea of having maybe just one kid and you know, still traveling heaps and just, they're just kind of like our little mate that comes with us with everything we do. But then I think we knew once we had one that we would definitely have two. Yeah. So we, even when we started trying to have Max, who's our oldest, we still were unsure if we wanted to really do this or not, but we're like, what if we just stop trying to stop it and then let fate decide (laughs) just see what happens and um yeah we stopped trying to stop it and we got max a few months later and yeah then we knew that we would definitely go a second after we had him and then Mm. joey was also there (laughs) a few years later you waited a little while then that's a couple of years after getting married and yeah so we were married five years before we had max Mm-hmm. Um, I think we really wanted to, well, we, obviously we still weren't decided what kind of road we wanted to take with having kids or not. Um, but we also just wanted to have a decent amount of time just to be together as us before we introduced kids to that relationship and just, mm-hmm. yeah. So how were your pregnancies then? Um, they were actually pretty easy as far as pregnancies go. I know that pregnancy can be really awful for a lot of people I think I got lucky but they did get worse um sickness wise each time so with Max I Mm. felt sick all the time but I never like I never vomited um except for actually on my due date with him we saw an ad on tv for KFC and I was like I must have KFC (laughs) and had KFC and then 10 minutes later I vomited for the first time in that whole pregnancy on my due date um oh wow yeah and then So you were nauseous for the whole nine months? Yeah, pretty well, yeah, not, yeah, on and off. So definitely the first trimester was like, just felt really sick the whole time. Um, But then the rest of it sort of on and off, um, Mm. depending what I was doing or eating or there was a lot of like food aversions. But yeah, I wasn't vomity or anything like that. And then Mm -hmm. Sam, I got a little bit sick in the first trimester. Um, And then Joey, I got a little bit more sick, but nothing... I mean, nothing terrible. I didn't need medication or anything like that. I have friends that have had like HG and I just can't even imagine. I don't think I would Mm. have gone a second time if I had to experience something like that. So yeah, yeah, I think we definitely got lucky. I definitely um, had a lot of like like pelvic pain. Um, I think I tried to exercise for too long. And then, um, so with my first pregnancy with Max, I exercised too long, like trying to run quite late in my pregnancy as you know committed to being fit there's a lot of um I don't know I think encouragement out there to like stay super fit while you're pregnant and it'll help your labor and I really bought into that but I also now realize there's a lot of negatives to pushing yourself to do that yeah and so then with each pregnancy that pain became worse and came earlier on also so Mm. yeah yeah it's rough hey yeah 
I yeah, I definitely don't have a good um <laughs> Uh, good things to say about pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> look it's not a fun time everything's uncomfortable you're slow to move everywhere like you know yeah but I wasn't like nauseous wise I really got it easy mm. I love how that's what people say but it's like that still totally sucks <laughs> like no one wants to be especially like working or having other kids around yeah. and stuff and you feel so terrible you don't have to be vomiting to feel terrible yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's not easy. So you shared with us your two first births yeah. um, on the blog and on Instagram. And you did mention that they were fairly smooth going yeah. and minor difficulties in recovery with one of them with your stitches yes. coming open. I remember that. Oh, yeah, that that was still mortifies me. <laughs> oh my me. gosh. <laughs> I don't even know how <laughs> you lived through that. Yeah. So stitches popped open and oh. became infected and they couldn't fix the stitches because of the infection. <laughs> it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Oh so goodness. I had a really long, awful recovery with Max. I would even say, so I've had um, like that episiotomy with Max with the stitches and the yucky recovery. And then I've had like C-section with Joey. Um, and I would say that that first vaginal delivery was the worst delivery out of the three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't walking yeah. properly for about six weeks. I, I'm still confused as to how that can even happen. I don't even Was know. it just a dodgy repair? I don't, I don't know. I mean. They never said anything? No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, just... maybe even me, like just trying to get back up and at him too soon mm. or, you know, just pushing yourself. Yeah. I definitely had really vivid images in my brain of my tear coming apart. I still to this day, like, get scared. My vagina's going to split open. It won't. I really do. (laughs) You're okay now. I'm okay now. But, like, it really stuck with me because it's terrifying. So, yeah, I remember reading your story and just being like, oh, my gosh, that's literally my worst nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. I didn't expect that at all. Like, I didn't think that that Mm. could happen. You know, I thought a vaginal delivery would be relatively smooth and easier enough recovery. Um, But yeah, it was, it was rough. (laughs) Tell us about your third birth then, because this was very different to your first two. And I am intrigued to hear the whole story. Okay. So Joey, normal pregnancy, pretty much the same as the other two boys. And I was probably two days overdue. I had a little bit of, um, like water leakage and I had just had an appointment like a you know your standard midwife appointment the day before um which actually happened to be randomly with a doctor I didn't need to be seeing a doctor but I think the they were just understaffed or something and so they were like pushed me in with this doctor instead of with a midwife so she had assessed me the day before it was like around my due date it was like my last appointment before what would be when I go into labor So she had assessed me and um, she had actually said that he was not engaged yet, like he hadn't come down. And just to be mindful, um, if anything happens, like, you know, if your waters break at home, don't muck around, just come straight in and we'll check you out because the risk would be a cord prolapse if his head's not engaged yet. So his head could come down on top of the cord. And yeah, so I was at home next day after the appointment with her 
um, had a little bit of leakage and I was just, you know, you're not sure. I called the hospital. They're like, come in, we'll just check you. And it was all very relaxed. Um, and I'd been having contractions off and on through the night as well. And so we went in, got checked. It was all very relaxed and standard. And then that same doctor that I saw at my appointment the day before happened to be on shift in the birth suite that day. Like how random, like you couldn't align things more perfectly. Um, so she was there. She'd just seen me the day before. She already knows how this baby's positioned. She knew what the risks were. And she's like, oh, I didn't expect to see you so soon. Um, and so, yes, because she knew the situation, she um, checked. They agreed like, yeah, that's some waters. Let's sort of like move things on. But we want to be very controlled about this because of the risk. And so she attached the monitors to his head which was such a good move instead of just doing the belly one. And then she would break my waters. And then, uh, so let me just think. So she broke my waters and she wanted to have the monitor on him so she could just make sure everything's fine. She could guide his head down if she needed to. And she would just be there and would wait and see how this progresses. So we're attached. She's broke my waters. Water, oh my gosh, everywhere. It went on her. Everyone's having a good laugh because, you know, she's got water on her clothes. It's the one day she didn't bring a spare outfit to work. You know, we're all having a lovely time and excited (laughs) because we're about to, you know, go into labor and have a baby and it's all relaxed. Yeah, so there's a lot of water. And then she stood me up, go have a shower so we can sort of clean up and then get things moving and start laboring. Um, And I stood up and... Yeah, the cord prolapse. So he came, his head pushed down on the cord, which then cut him off and he just flatlined. Like that monitor just beeped. And you'll never forget that sound. Like the, just the flatline. I think even in the moment, I didn't quite understand the weight of it. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they just started yelling at me. Like, sit back down, get on the bed, get on the bed. Um, and I'm like, huh, huh? Like, I thought we were having a good time. We were just laughing two seconds ago and it was all very normal. And now we're like, you're yelling at me to sit on the bed. So I sit on the bed and she tried to like, she's got hands up there and she's trying to fix this, like push his head up and or push the cord up, pull his head down and just position things, uh, which is super, super painful. Um, but obviously I like, you just got to do what you got to do in that moment. Um, they were offering me gas and I was like, did not want it. I remember having gas, um, in labor with Max and it made me just very sick. I was passing out. I think I was just sucking too hard. Um, and I was like, I don't want gas. I don't want gas, but oh man, it was so painful. Anyway, she's like, I can't fix it. And she didn't have, she wanted to keep mucking around trying to fix it while he's, you know, in distress. So, um, they basically, they, there was no, um, conversation with me at all. Um, at that time they were just organizing with each other for me to go down for a c-section so there's a lot of yelling across the room there's phone calls being made but i'm moving in the bed already like they're wheeling me down um someone's like on the phone saying cat cat one c-section coming down right now like i remember the phone being thrown onto me like she was running through the phone on the bed it landed on me like everyone's in a rush so i don't actually um I don't have negative feelings at all about that situation because they were just, there's no time to talk me through the process in that moment. Like we're just here to save a life right now. 
so they were just racing me down to theatre. Um, we get to the lift just outside Birth Suite. There's a service delivery guy in the lift. He's booted out. <laughs> He's kind of like, yep, 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 you go in. I'm sort of, I'm completely naked because I just had my water's broken and was heading for the shower. So we didn't have time to like make me decent. They sort of just whipped a sheet over me so I'm not completely naked in the middle of the hospital. Um, they take me down the lift and I had a thousand things going through my head at that point from, oh, how good I don't have to go through labor. Like, this is great, excited to like, oh my gosh, what am I thinking right now? That's like, I could be going and having a, a not alive baby right now. Like that is what I was expecting to happen that we're about to go and just get our our dead baby cut out of us basically to the next thought being will I try again after this if Joey doesn't survive and all these in in a matter of like you know mind games isn't it 30 (laughs) seconds thousands of thoughts just going through my Mm. mind and then yeah we get down there I thought that Josh would be able to come in with me and he had been sort of walking behind us you know hundreds of not hundreds maybe like what feels like 10 nurses and doctors around the bed wheeling me down so he was back there somewhere and I thought he was with us and it turns out he wasn't I just kept asking where's Josh where's my husband where's my husband everyone's like I don't know who what does he look like like no one's there so he must have got shunned somewhere along the way and then I remember just at that point going I think I was in shock I was just shaking uncontrollably um and felt very, very cold. And I remember um, the doctor who had been there that for that time um, tried one more time. I think she tried to readjust things inside me again just to see if we can make this work um, naturally. And she's like, no, it's not going to. And then, yeah, I remember this one nurse in scrubs and she just held my face and she's like, don't worry, I'm going to be with you here the whole time. And then I went to sleep <laughs> and that's all I remember her saying don't worry I'm going to be with you and then that was it so why did they decide to put you under uh, I think because of the speed of things needing to happen so because oh. he had flatlined so he's got no heartbeat and they just need to get this baby out now so so it was quicker to give you general general anesthetic yes and put you under because that takes like 10 seconds, doesn't it? They just put a mask on and you're Yeah, gone. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, they did that and I woke up. So they didn't ask you? No, there was no, there was no time for like signing a consent form, talking yeah. you through the process. It was, yeah. um, they just started going down without even really telling me. They sort of told me on the way. And then like when we got in the lift um, where we kicked the service guy out, that was the first time that one of the ladies was like, just do you understand what's happening right now? Cause we had, you know, you sit in the lift for 20 seconds and that was the one moment of pause to kind of talk things through. And I was like, not really, but I kind of just trusted them that they were just doing what they needed to do in that time. Um, yeah. So from that time when they, you know, we're all laughing, giggling in the birth suite where they broke my waters, breaking waters to baby out was 12 minutes so wow that's planning the whole thing that's getting me down there getting in the lift um knocking me out the whole thing 12 minutes so it was very fast yeah I remember waking up and feeling very sick um and just not knowing 
like, where's Josh? Where's the baby? And I just remember saying, like, where's my baby? And I didn't know what the answer was going to be. I didn't know if he was alive because when I went in, we were going in to try and save this baby. So I didn't know what the outcome was yet. And yeah, he was totally fine. He was up um, with Josh and they were bonding and I was in recovery and then they wheeled me up. I didn't um, feel awake enough to hold him for like a day, probably. I was very out of it. Just they gave him to me to hold when I first got up to the ward and I kind of held him for like five seconds. I was like, here, just take him. Like I just didn't have the strength to hold him and kept falling asleep. (laughs) Mm. So, so do you feel like you processed this all, this all? And how did you process this all? um, I mean, that's a confusing situation. It is, I think. um, So after that, um, the very next day, the doctor actually came in to talk to me and was like, I just wanted to check on you and um, talk you through what happened. And she explained everything um, to me the next day. And then she also made herself available and was like, if you ever have any questions, if you ever want to talk about it and debrief, um, you can talk to me. Even you know, if it's past the six weeks mark, you can always come back here and make an appointment and I'll chat with you, um, which I thought was awesome. Um, Mm. and again, like the midwives that would come on the ward through the night, they all sort of checked on me and how was, was I feeling about it and, um, just making sure I was okay. And I actually think that that is what makes the difference in like, you can have a traumatic birth and not be traumatized from it. And I think it was the care I received and just that communication there was an over communication almost not at the time because there was sort of no time for it but afterwards um excuse me yeah there was heaps of communication heaps of checking in on me and yeah I think that that just made it like almost a nice experience like they did have mine and my baby's best interest at heart so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow that's honestly incredible it's so wild. The fact that you can go, yeah, from laughing and having your waters broken yeah. to all of a sudden you're going under. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> when they had put you under, did you know that that was going to happen? Or was it like, no. go to sleep? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I assumed or it all just sort of, it all just happened. Like, I mean, in theatre, I kind of expected, I guess, that it would be general Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. and they told me, they're like, we're going to put this mask on you now and you kind of, you just know. (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe you don't know. It just sort of all flowed one thing into the next. So it happened very quickly. And so how did you feel when they told you that baby Joey was alive and well and with dad? Oh, just so relieved. Also, I was just very sleepy. (laughs) Mm. So almost just relieved but then couldn't didn't care enough to stay awake and or you know keep talking or thinking yeah but I remember just I just needed to know that he was good and then could move on yeah yeah and then I guess again getting up to the ward and actually seeing him for myself and yeah seeing Josh seeing Joey and everything was okay Mm. yeah so how did you go throughout your recovery then um recovery was actually not too bad like like I said, my episiotomy with Max was my worst recovery. So I think I compared it to that and it wasn't as bad as that. Uh, but obviously still an emergency C-section, so not very mobile, um, very tender. 
Um, but yeah, and mentally, um, I was fine for like the first, first little while. And as in, I started getting like postnatal depression probably at around five, six weeks, um, which I don't think I realized at the time that I had it. Yeah, but I don't think it was from Joey's birth. Like, I don't think it was because of that, because I still feel just still a piece about his birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. So when you say you didn't recognize at the time, can you tell us kind of what you were feeling at that time and maybe yeah. why you didn't recognize it? Um, yeah. Cause you're not, I would say you're not alone there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and honestly, even in all of my Googling, I was like, nah, I don't think I have it cause my symptoms don't match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, probably in about five, I don't know if it was like five or six weeks, there was a particular like Saturday that I just was so teary the whole day. I basically just couldn't stop crying for an entire day and I didn't really know why and some of it was um happy like sentimental joyful tears and then some of it was saddest crying everything all day ridiculous and then um I don't know if that was like a day that like something just flicked in my in my brain or something but um then probably from that point on um I definitely yeah uh like didn't like the life that we had created. Like I was like, I don't enjoy these kids. I don't want to wake up tomorrow to be a mum again. Um, and then I would take that out on them. Just, you know, um, I've heard a lot now about postpartum rage and I would say that's probably what I had in a way. Um, just anger at them, snapping at them for little things. Like they hadn't even really done anything wrong. They're not naughty kids. And I just yell at them or get angry and, you know, drive recklessly and not enjoy my life. I would say that that um, was probably the main thing actually was anger. Um, Yeah. And just a a flatness probably. Yeah. Mm. And also I think looking back on it now too, I would say I felt like I was a burden to people because I had three kids and, um, you know, thinking people may not want to hang around me because I've got three kids and I've got this baby and it's a lot. And yeah, silly thoughts like that. But now I look back on it and I'm like, why wouldn't you? Like I have so many friends with kids and it's not a problem. Um, but, but that's where your head that's where at. your head's at where you think you're just a burden to other people yeah so how did you keep going um what was it I my husband is amazing and I had a really um close friend also who would check in on me every day um wow. how's your head today how are you feeling what can I pray for you for today she was just awesome um yeah and I also just knew like my kids needed me um yeah I could never I don't know I could never do anything to harm myself necessarily because I had thought about it like I had thought what are my options and I knew it was an option um and I was like I don't want my kids to be raised without a mother um and I don't want Josh to have to tell them that news like what will they go through and will they then feel like blame themselves? And yeah, I just thought of them, I guess. And 
it's like how far you project into the future and Isn't all these different pathways yeah. it is just yeah it's so it, crazy and it's not uncommon yeah it's not uncommon and you know i think back now like saying i just said it's so crazy which i hope anyone listening you're not crazy no <laughs> <laughs> but it seems crazy now because i've i've read about like different articles about it and um it's like having a sober mind and an unsober mind and now i'm of sober mind and I can look back and I'm like, I don't even know what that person was thinking. Like, it doesn't, that's not me. That's not like, and it's so crazy because you would just be like, I'm usually quite a happy person, quite a bit of a party animal, a bit loud. And then to be that person that is having these thoughts that are just so not themselves. Um, yeah, it's just... Mm. Yeah, it's amazing now to be of sober mind and to look back and talk about it like I don't even recognize who that person was. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely relate. I can definitely well, relate. Did you see anyone at that time to go and talk to about this? No. A professional or organization or nothing? No, yeah. just, um, just my husband and my friend. Um, yeah. I didn't really tell anybody about it at the time. Um, I, looking back, would say that's probably something I really regret because I think it puts a lot of pressure on those people that are close to you in your life to be the person for you that is there for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would definitely, I mean, if I could go back and tell anyone going through it right now or tell myself is just get some professional help. Yeah. Would you have known what to do or where to go? No, and I think that's probably what, stopped me also I was like I don't even know who to see and then I would think I don't think anything's really that wrong with me because I'm a pretty joyful kind of person and then you'd have the episodes and so yes I was like I don't know who to see do I even need to see someone maybe it's just because I'm um sleep deprived like I'm probably just tired this will pass yeah so I just kind of I I mean yeah that's the hard part too because it's like we know we're dealing with hormones and yeah. sleep deprivation yeah. and so what is depression and what is the result of all of that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so how long do you think this lasted and how did you come out of it? Um, I think it probably lasted like around six months. I think uh, actually probably by his first birthday I was like I was good then. Like I was back to pretty good. Mm-hmm. back to myself um do you know what I honestly think like really helped is the COVID lockdown uh Josh was home <laughs> from work and I had the help uh ah. yeah just that extra adult in the house helping being there throughout the day um I honestly think for such a negative time like COVID lockdown and all the all the negatives that came with that um I would say that was a definite turning point for me. Mm. So it was like March, 2020. Yeah. Um, and our whole entire lifestyle changed and it has um, stayed changed now also, which is awesome. Mm. So Josh was working very long hours in the city. Um, you know, wouldn't get home until nighttime. I would have already fed the kids dinner. I just keep them awake so they could say good night to him. Um, our life is completely different now. He's, works from home most of the time um, and just has a lot more flexibility. And uh, I reckon 
there would be so many families out there now benefiting from the whole work from home situation mm-hmm. that COVID has brought us. So yeah, yeah, that was life changing for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how you like so many different things have come from this <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> I know. Pros and cons yeah, to everything. So many positives <laughs> and so many negatives. Yeah. 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 So that was definitely a positive. And also um, like, I know, you know, I'm a Christian and so, um, yeah, I had like my husband would pray for me in the mornings before he'd go to work, like, cause he knew what I was going through and he knew I didn't want him to leave for work. And yeah, I honestly just think our faith as well definitely mm. helped us get through it. I think there's a, a certain hope that I have yeah. because of, yeah, something else to in. lean into. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, I wanted to ask you yeah. about Josh. So when you were struggling after you had Joey, how was he going? It's like, we never really get the perspective of the partner sometimes when usually the mum is struggling and, you know, I just, I hear things and I talk to different people and, you know, I I know one friend's husband, he would go and cry in the car. Oh, wow. Like before leaving for work or, you know, wherever he was going. Yeah. And it's like, we don't get to hear that. We don't get to hear what they're going through or what they're experiencing in it because it would be so difficult yeah. to watch the person you love suffer so much. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can answer for him. Yeah, I think um, definitely he felt the weight of, I think he was carrying his family through that time. Like um, he knew every day when he was leaving for work that he was leaving me behind, feeling the way that I was feeling. Um yeah, not knowing how many times he was going to get a phone call from me that day. And, mm. um, he, there was a few times he actually came home from work early just because he didn't really know what, like, he just sort of felt like he needed to come home and save us a few times, like if I was having a really bad struggle day. Um, yeah, and he would, he would often call throughout the day and be like, this is a welfare check. How's everyone? How are you? Do you need me to come home? Um, which was massive. And I now like you look back and you think the stress and the weight on that man through that time, like he's working in quite a high capacity corporate role and to be sitting there trying to focus on work and talk to customers and, and deal with work stuff and be thinking, Oh, my wife's at home. I don't know what she's thinking dealing with right now and then me calling him a hundred times a day yeah that would um Mm. be a lot for any guy I think so Mm. yeah I mean he definitely he carries things really well um but yeah it was definitely a weight at that time how did you feel then going from two to three kids because I hear (laughs) A lot of the time, I only have two, so I hear a lot of the time, the third one just slots in. Yeah. <laughs> I hear this, you know, and I just think, but how? I'm confused. Do you know, <laughs> they do. I was super nervous about three because I'm like, okay, yeah. there's one me. I have two hands. Um, how does this, like, logistically work? How do I, I'm going to go to Coles. I've got three kids to get out of the car. Like, who do I get out first? Like, mm-hmm. literally, you have to pre-plan these you things. Ha- you do. You absolutely do. <laughs> so, um, these are the things going through my mind. I don't physically know how I'm going to do three. Um, and certainly, like, the first few weeks is 
you're figuring it out and it's a bit crazy. I remember my first trip um, to Kmart, like it was my first outing. I was like, I'm not going to try and um, go to any other shops. I don't have a big list of things. I'm not going to set my goals too high. I just need to get one thing from Kmart and going straight in, get the thing and get in. That was my first outing with three kids. And that was because I set my expectations really low. It was a win and I got home and I was super proud of myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I went to the shops with three kids. Um, Yeah. And I think once you just have a couple of those wins and you get into a, you find how it works logistically and yeah, finding your rhythm, rhythm. it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And they really do just slot in. I think by the third time you're a lot more confident. Um, Yeah. I always tell people having my first baby was probably the hardest because you've never been a mum before and you don't know what to expect and you don't know what to do when they cry and everything's confusing. Um, but yeah, by the third time, you're just a lot more confident. You know how you parent and you know what babies are like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just seems yeah. easier. Yeah. You're a lot more relaxed. There's just more to do. You're yes. busier. Busier, yeah. 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 Well, you talked about how kids weren't really on your radar initially and you were kind of unsure if you even wanted to be a mum. and going from that and then all of the ups and downs that motherhood has brought you but you talk about coming to this realization that being a mum is your calling and your greatest passion how did you go from (laughs) no kids (laughs) and all of that to embracing motherhood? What changed? If you're going to do it, you may as well do it. Like be all there, you know, go all (laughs) all in, in. all in. So yeah, that's what we did. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, once, once I had Max, I realized that, um, yeah, there's no greater thing you could do in life than raise the next generation. Um, Really, it's our best bet at changing the world, I guess. It's just raising good humans in our own homes um, and sending them out into the world as they get older. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just think that it's something – maybe it's the uh, matrescence. <laughs> like once you have this baby, everything changed and my thought process behind it all changed and mm. – yeah, I just, I feel a weightiness to being a mum. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. I would link it back to matrescence. Yeah. yeah it, it's a, matrescence is very interesting as well because it can also look different on everybody. Yeah. Everybody experiences matrescence differently and some things will stand out to you and not to others. So, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I wanted to ask about Josh. So, how did Josh adjust to fatherhood? Do you think? Uh, he was like made to be a dad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Better parent than me, hands down. <laughs> I don't know if like men are just more chill or something, but he's just a good dad. He enjoys being a dad and he's definitely the fun parent. And yeah. <laughs> I've seen your reels. You're a fun parent. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I hope my kids think that too. <laughs> I don't know. He's just relaxed. He um, obviously, you know, we all have our moments and lose our patience. But yeah, he loves being a dad and the kids love him and he's a natural. So how did he feel throughout Joey's birth? Being kind of pushed aside and you're rushed away. And he was definitely um, like left in the dark, didn't know where he was supposed to be or go or what he was supposed to do. Um, But he has told me that 
he didn't have to wait too long before someone came up and spoke to him and said, right. the baby's been born, everyone's okay, mum's in recovery. Um, and then not long after that, they brought Joey into him and they did skin to skin. So he was yeah, definitely pushed to the side and confused, but it wasn't for a long time. And there was that communication again that they just did so well for us. Mm. So, yeah. Um, That's so good. He, I think, has a special bond with Joey. And he says like he that was really special moments for him when it was just he was the sole person in the whole universe that was responsible for this child right now. I wasn't there and it was, he just had to look after this helpless baby. So, um, yeah, I think he really enjoyed that little bonding moment. Yeah. I think it's important. They get that too. Yeah. I think it helps in the, in the newborn phase that they get those bonding moments because it really does kind of solidify relationships to come. Yes. I think. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, cause you talk about how you embrace your cesarean scar yeah what do you think helped you embrace your new body and all these changes because that i hear even friends and family that have had cesareans and stuff the way that they talk about their scar and their body it's very negative yeah um especially if it was an unplanned or emergency cesarean what was the difference for you yeah um i think a few things actually um first of all it's because it to me it, it's it saved his life um we have joey because i have a cesarean scar so i don't mind it at all <laughs> if it wasn't for that scar there would be no joey um and so to me it's a, a kind of a reminder um also i think oh gosh what's the point in feeling negative about the one body you have for the rest of your life um this is your body you will live in it forever. You may as well love it. Um, and I think also the realization that um, everybody's bodies are all different and people have hang-ups on all sorts of things. And it, I, I mean, I don't feel like I love my stomach skin every single day, um, but I quickly remind myself. I need, like, you know, it's almost like yeah it's something I continually remind myself of when I'm like working out yesterday I was like working out next to my mirror and I saw all these loose skin wrinkly skin and I was like oh and then I was like actually it's kind of cool like this body grew three big babies and I'm a little person and so of course I'm bound to have this loose stretchy skin and someone else will have something else and the next person will have something else and I think um if we all have hang-ups on our bodies, then we'll all continue to always have hang-ups on our bodies. And I think seeing other women, even just through social media and stuff, who have embraced their like postpartum bodies, it kind of helps. And so if I can be someone also that is just confident with my body, loose skin and all, then that might help someone else to feel confident about their scars or whatever it is that they've got on their body that they're hung up on. So, mm. yeah. Conversation around body image, though, is definitely – positive conversation around body image is definitely important because yeah. majority of the time it is all negative. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipping it and being able to see it in a different light definitely helps. I think – I don't know if you've noticed it, but, like, it feels like recently, like maybe in the last couple of years, that 
body image is now becoming a bit more of a positive thing. Like I think people are embracing their bodies no matter what shape and size and yeah. scars and everything. So yeah. There is definitely a movement there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Trying to, yeah. So I feel I do, like I sometimes, agree. I mean, my kids have asked me too, they're like, why is your stomach so wrinkly? And I'm like, because <laughs> of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, it's kind of a trophy in a way. It's like, yeah, I mean, look at what this body did. It's pretty darn incredible, like, yeah. what our bodies do. So there's no point, you know, hating it for the rest of your life. I think the biggest part is that people compare to their pre-baby body. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they had a flat stomach and yeah. they obviously wouldn't have scars and extra skin and things yeah. like that. And, and then all of a sudden you do. But, yeah, I think when you, you know, context is everything. You yeah. had three children yeah and it wasn't easy (laughs) totally and you know what even if you didn't even if it's someone who hasn't had kids and they've got Mm. body image issues like just embrace what your body looks like and be confident because that paves a way for the next person to feel confident about what their body looks like yeah Um, definitely I wanted to ask you what some of your favorite memories were being a mom of your three boys do you know what I think some of my favorite memories as like a mum is that newborn bubble. It's so sweet. Like, yes, it's also rough at the same time, but there's something special looking back on it. Like if I could go back and do that first few weeks again and again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd love that for you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Something so special about, you know, they're so tiny and fully reliant on you and you're still getting to know them. And I don't know, it's just a special time. I think also like the maternity or the paternity leave, like having your husband home and it's just kind of your family all bonding. It's just a special time. I really mm. am fond of that newborn bubble. Mm. Um, and I also would say to people to definitely um like hold your ground on that special newborn time too like protect it um visitors wise because I think we maybe overdid it with visitors with our first like with Max we did and we learned by the time we had Joey just to you know be a lot more um it's just our family time and if we need to rest and recover we're going to rest and recover if we just need time with the baby we're just going to time with the baby and not just let every Tom, Dick and Harry come and visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah. So that was a special time for us. Really fond memories of the newborn bubble. Um, also, I don't know, three boys. It's just wild and loud all the time. And I think, yeah, I love it. I can't even imagine myself with daughters now that I have three boys. I saw that you <laughs> get asked a lot if you're going to try yeah. again for a girl. I saw you. No, <laughs> no deal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah three boys it is hey yeah it is and people they do yeah they do ask and I don't even have a desire in me to try for a girl like I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything I just feel super lucky to have three boys it's just mm. meant to be a boy mum well tell me what's life with three boys like um, just they're loud. What, six and under yeah it's loud <laughs> literally they run around the house they run they don't no one walks so everyone runs <laughs> Um, and they, they roar like dinosaur Mm. noises and they scream and they yell. Um, 
Yeah, nothing is like I literally said to Sam today, he's four years old. I was like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> Can you just tell me this in a normal voice? And it wasn't anything negative. He had no complaint. He's just like telling me a story. But I couldn't even follow what he was saying because of the amped upness of it all. <laughs> it's like, just talk to me in a normal voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just always this... loud and dirty and yeah wild (laughs) wild boys hey well I wanted to ask you I love asking people this question can you describe the person you were before babies and now after and what would you say to your pre-baby self (laughs) (laughs) look I think the person that I was before is probably pretty similar to who I just am now um the only thing is that we used to do a lot of fun stuff. I tell people all the time, like, he used to be so fun and cool. <laughs> and now I'm like, just live my best mum life in the suburbs. <laughs> just staying at home, cleaning the house, drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we used to do a lot of fun stuff spontaneously. Um, so it could be like, a Tuesday night at nine o'clock at night and me and Josh would decide we feel like X food or drink and we would drive 45 minutes to go and get it. Like we'd just do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted and we were pretty, I would, it sounds so funny saying I used to be so fun, but we were pretty fun and we're pretty spontaneous. Um, So yeah, that definitely changed after babies and I think we just felt like it was all too hard to, keep doing fun stuff like that. Um, Mm. But we are actually trying to bring it back a little bit now. Like our trip was kind of up to up North was a bit that for us. Like we only planned it like four weeks before it happened. Um, Yeah. So we're like, there's no reason now why we can't be just bringing the kids on adventures with us. Yeah. Cause they're kind of at that age now where they're like that little bit older, they're out of that babiness and you can. Yeah. You're not so mindful of like trying to, you know, like, when you've got a newborn and you, you know that you're not going to sleep that night. <laughs> and so you don't do anything because you don't know how much sleep you're going to get. But we're yeah. past that now. And I feel like, um, yeah, there's no reason why we can't just bring them with us and give them good experiences too. And like, yeah, just see how mm-hmm. it goes. I mean, they'll never get good at doing spontaneous adventures and having that kind of adaptability if we don't show them how. Yeah. So, yeah. So where do you see your growth then, your personal growth? Because this is what I think matrescence is. I just think it's a period of growth and we just continue evolving and growing Mm. throughout motherhood in all its phases. And because I know that when I look back on my pre-baby self, I can see... I feel like I'm a lot more empathetic. Oh, yes. Yeah, like the... It's kind of like those human elements evolve in you. Before babies, I like never used to cry even if I was like super sad you know something terrible's happened or watching a really sad movie I'd be like oh this is so sad and I wish I could cry but I can't I don't actually I just didn't cry ever and now I cry like I could be watching like a sitcom and something a little bit maybe sad happens and I've got like tears running down my cheeks (laughs) Josh will laugh at me and he's like are you crying I'm like no don't look at me (laughs) So um, definitely more sensitive now. And I think it's that empathy um, or like I'm more yeah, compassionate now 
Definitely. And I think you put yourself, or for me, I put myself in people's shoes more easily now since becoming a mum. And you imagine everything through a parent's perspective, like that's someone's child or yeah. Well, that's someone's mum. Yeah. So yeah, everything's just a bit more personal, I guess. So definitely Mm -hmm. um, I was not, I was probably a little bit cold hearted actually (laughs) before having kids and a lot more sensitive and empathetic now. Mm. Yeah, that's it makes you that little bit softer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. It does. Um, so what would you say to your pre-baby self? When you think about her, what do you think about? I would say that you can do this. Like, I think pre-baby, maybe because we were, I'm not much of a maternal person, not much of a kiddie person, I actually didn't know how it was going to go at being a mum. And yeah, I would say you actually can do this. And in fact... You will surprise yourself at the things that you will get through. And I feel like that would apply to, like, I could say that to any new mum too. I think any new mum has moments of doubting themselves and wondering if they're doing the right thing or, you know, and I think when you're a mum, the things you go through, even if it's just day-to-day stuff, like, oh, my baby's been crying for two hours or something and you're like, Mm. and then they stop and you're like, I got through that. You know, and every day is a new day and you got through the day before and yeah, yeah, I love you can that. do it. Well, I think that wraps us up. I've loved chatting with you. That was so fun. So nice. Lovely. Yeah. And getting to know you a little bit better. This is what it's all about. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.